We sitting here, I supposed to be the franchise player, and we in here talking about practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. We ain't talking about the game. What are we talking about? We're talking about practice, man. Knocked away by Cheeks and a steal. Cheeks will use up the clock. What's good, y'all? Uptown Tone back with another episode of the 444 Podcast, episode 20. Uh, it's been about a month. We shouldn't have to explain why. COVID-19 is out here. Uh, it's on the loose. We're in the worldwide pandemic, um, quarantine, lockdown, whatever word, adjective you are using to describe this. This is uh, unseen, unprecedented, um, and we're living through it. Uh, joined now by my right-hand man, my good friend, Councilman Isaiah Thomas, who I know is one of the more busier people in the country, uh, I know in the city. Um, Zeke, what's good, man? How you feeling? I'm good. I mean, you hit it right on the nail. You hit the you hit it right on the nail, man. Super busy, but yeah. I'm blessed that you know my family and I are 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 good. We're maintaining. Yeah, absolutely, man. Just crazy times, man. Um, nothing I've ever been through. Nothing I know you've ever been through, and probably the six billion people on Earth have probably never been through. It's kind of crazy, you know. We remember reading about things like the uh, the Black Plague and the Spanish Flu, and as though uh, though right now it doesn't feel that. Uh, uh, serious that uh, 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 to that effect, it does have uh, uh, those undertones to it. I mean, like I said, it's nothing that we've experienced ourselves. So to liken it to anything would have to be something that we've read uh, in our history or in the past. Man, it's just just crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. It's like you said, it's, we're in unprecedented times. Um, I picked a heck of a time to decide to be a freshman in city council, but <laughs> you know, thank God that I'm at the table because I'm not sure that. You know, um, if this were somebody else in the seat, they would be doing the work that we're doing through my office. So. And, right. And before we even get into our COVID report as it stands, like I know me and you have been texting and talking a lot during this. And I mean, I know me, we, we go back years, 20 plus by now. But one of the things that I've been saying is I, I thank you as my councilman, not as my friend, because I just see the different things that you're doing, holding Facebook lives, holding IG lives, um, talking to the people being open out there with food drives. There's just so much that I see you doing hands-on that I don't think you're required to do. I mean, so I, I, I'm I just trying my best. I am who I am. And to be honest with you, Tone, most, a lot of the stuff that we're doing, I don't even post about it. I don't even talk about it. You know, we just do it. Every once in a while, you'll see a little clip or something like that just from a communications, uh, you know, strategic perspective. Right. But I mean, I don't, I don't, you're not, you don't see no pictures of me. Like the things you just mentioned is because you know me. Right. Exactly. So you personally know that I might've been some places giving out food and helping folks out and, you know, giving out masks and stuff like that. But I don't post stuff like that. And um, that, and that's why I want to bring light to it. And that's why I say, I'm thanking you as my city councilman, oh, just the oh, things, no just, just me keeping in contact with you. Just the simple fact that I know that I'm not the only person who can reach you by phone. Who can reach you by email? Hey Zeke, hey Isaiah, th questions. Uh, help the, and, and you just doing the best you can. So just like I said, just on a ground level of things, I, I thank you for that. And being a, and being a city council freshman, I think this is a lot of the new, uh, uh, just a lot of the things that I I know I wanted to see different from the city councilmen that uh, that were in the past. But that's neither here nor there. Um, the COVID report. Where do we stand as a city as Philadelphia? Can you give us just a little, just a just a brief uh, summary? You know where we stand what we should be doing just to calm the people down there and just to give them information. So the, so the governor had a press conference earlier this week mm -hmm. and, and in his press conference, he talked about his plan to reopen Pennsylvania gotcha. and he talked about what parts of the state were, you know, hot spots mm -hmm. and then what parts of the state were pretty dead as it relates to COVID-19 specifically. And so he said that he would unveil a red, yellow and green plan right now. The entire state of Pennsylvania is red. Mm -hmm. He talked about a few parts of the state that he would like to see transition out of red right. into the yellow. And he would like to see that done by about May 8th. Okay, that, That's when he estimates. Now, the thing is, is, people hear that, they hear May 8th, 
and they think in Philadelphia, oh man, we about to open up May eighth. No, right, no, we are not one of the places that they're looking at opening up May eighth. They're talking about North, Central, and the Northwest regions of the state. I gather, I gather, those are the more rural areas of our state that don't have a lot of uh, civic traffic like we do, like the city traffic. You know, big, big city convinced. halls, things of that nature. Absolutely, it's not as condensed right. as, as as we are as a region. Got you. And so we in Philadelphia are not going to be opening up May 8th. Uh, We know we'll be at least home until May 15th. And we know that courts will not be opening up as of now. They're not scheduled to open until uh, the beginning of June. Right. So we know schools are closed. Um, As it relates to schools, the school district of Philadelphia have decided that they are going to just extend the third market period instead of having a fourth market period. Children will be graded on essentially three marking periods. Unfortunately, they'll miss a few hundred hours of uh, normally required instructional time because the governor also uh, worked with the state legislature to essentially waive that requirement for the year. There may be some extra hours uh, attached to next school year to make up for the lack of instruction that we know young people are going to receive this year. Mm -hmm. Um, But a lot of those nuances are still being discussed and still being um, in the works. We did on the school side recently just, conf- um, well, the mayor recommended an eighth school board member, which is Amin Akbar, who is a, a prominent name in the basketball community outside of um, the work that he's done in the world of academia. And so, you know, 444 podcast, sports podcast, he's a sports guy. You already um, know. He's a, men- he, a, a mentor to us both, too. Sure. He, he is looking, there. we're looking to confirm him on the school Good. board next Good. Friday at our hearing. Good. So the, the, that's just a small update of what's going on. Long story short, we still got to stay home, stay safe, you know, um, check on your loved ones. The mental health side of this is real. I released an op-ed last week talking about the mental health side of it just so um, I could, just so I can first encourage folks in my network to begin to have those conversations because if you're truly following the quarantine guidelines, uh, then you, you might be struggling mentally in the house by yes, yourself or yes. with the where, same people on a consistent basis. Where can the people find that op-ed? So it's all on my social media. Um, I post, It was published on a Medium platform. Uh, and um, yeah, it's, it's gained some good traction and a lot of uh, interesting conversation. Yeah, yeah. That's And, and that's one thing. I know um, a lot of debate, a lot of conversation about the uh, physical part of COVID uh, from us just being having uh, having to stay in the house on lockdown and quarantine to the actual people contracting COVID and the things that they're dealing with to the fatalities. But I don't think enough is being said um, about the mental part of this. People who are in good physical shape, people who uh, seem to not have contracted the, vi- the virus, uh, people who seem to maybe even still be working. Uh, you know what I mean? Things of that nature, things that on the surface, things that we that uh, people say, oh, oh, you're fine. But just the whole mental aspect of it, the, the uh, thinking about the unknown, not knowing any uh, 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 concrete details of what's going on or where exactly we're going. Um, you know what I mean? Maybe just being in the house. People, I know a lot of people who are entrepreneurs, um, maybe, maybe uh, event planners, um, uh, uh, anything, uh, educators, uh, uh, um, retailers, uh, just movers and shakers of the city who count on their... Um, uh, uh, their extra, uh, their extrovertness, uh, who count on their networking, who count on actually physically being out there and uh, doing things um, um, in the public. Uh, uh, the the mental aspect of it has to be taxing and draining. So uh, prayers, thoughts, and power out to those people. Out to prayers, prayers, thoughts, and power out to everybody at this point. I don't think it's an, uh, it's any one person out there who 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 who, who can't use that. You know what I'm right. saying? So, um, right, right. Yeah, just wanted to give you guys a brief summary. We know this is a sports podcast, but it's very serious times uh, uh, in the world right now. So we definitely wanted to take time out to um, to highlight that and just let you guys know that the 444 podcast is here. Councilman Thomas is here. Please, please, please reach any of our outlets. Uh, Isaiah Thomas for Philly on uh, on, on uh, social media. You can reach at Uptown Tone the 444 podcast uh, on IG. Our emails are up there. If anything, anything, if there's anything that we can do, if you just need to talk, uh, I'm a talker. I've been needing the pod. Uh, I've been missing, missing pod really bad. Uh, so th- this is really making my heart smile right now. 
But if anybody needs to talk to us anything, please don't 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 hesitate to reach out to our outlets and we will do the best that we can do to appease you. Um, so yeah, like I said, this is a sports podcast. So moving right along, let's get into some sports. Um uh I just wanted to uh to uh highlight um add a little link here. Um there were a, a, a numerous uh let's just uh start by saying the NBA the NBA pretty much I would say set the precedence and led with this for at least for our country um they were the first uh entity the first industry to really take this serious and try to get ahead of it uh shutting things down um getting people tested uh as far as i've uh as far as i know i know there are more names coming out uh of in the nba of people being diagnosed um i know kevin durant had it early i believe he's uh he's um uh, fully recovered uh, now from all of those early names I feel like are fully recovered um, so just to give a, a just a, a scope of how this has has touched our world things that we usually go to um, to get away from uh, things like these things that we go to that we rely on uh, uh, for therapy have also been uh, affected you know what I mean Zeke like this normally when you um, um, I'll liken it to you know Things going on, maybe politics gets too heavy at times. Maybe uh, uh, we may be in a state of war, or just things. You know what I mean? Maybe you may be depressed yourself in your own life, and a lot of times we we look to sports for an outlet to just get away. It's like those outlets that we normally look to, they are being affected by this too. Um, so uh, just to see our quote unquote sports heroes uh, deal with this, it's just just crazy times, just crazy times. But uh, they are recovering. Uh, I know the two most important people, or the two. Uh, uh, well-known people, Rudy Gobert and um, uh, uh, Donovan uh, Donovan Mitchell, who pretty much kickstarted it. Uh, you know, Rudy Gobert very uh, controversial. He was touching everything in every uh, in, in in the press conference. Um, those two uh, have recovered. So uh, just just looking at how COVID has dealt with our sports world, we are currently without basketball. Um, we are currently without hockey. I think those are the two sports that uh, would be going on right now. Baseball would be in spring training. No, baseball would be starting. We're without baseball right now. Baseball is not going on. Um, the NFL just had its draft last night, but spring football is, and everything is going to be on hold. Uh, so our sports world is pretty much on hold right now. Um, Zeke, any thoughts on uh, when the bas- uh I know a lot of conversation about when the basketball season could uh, 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 would be starting back up, if at all. Um, do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I'm not sure. I think um, the irony of the bridge between what we're talking about as far as COVID and basketball is, uh, number one, like you said, the NBA, I felt like led the country in shutting the country down. And I think, um, to me personally, I think that's an embarrassment. I don't think that the sports world acts for <laughs> the right. responsibility to no. tell the country which direction it should be going in. And I think it's an example of us being unprepared. Right. On a federal level and they're catching us off guard. Um, nobody, no industry across the country was able to effectively plan and prepare. We just were required to almost immediately um, shut down. And so with that being said, I think um, where we are right now is still in this place, uh, a space and a place of uncertainty. Because if you're the NBA, the problem that you have is that players might be okay. But what about the people who will interact with the players, even if there's no fans. Right. What about that security guard? Right. What about that referee? Right. What about that person at the table? What about that media person? Right. What about that ball boy or that ball girl? It's All a the lot concession stand people. workers in the in the, in the arena. The concession stands wouldn't be there because they would say no fans. True. But Which either was... way, it's still a concentrated number of people that are, are at minimum are required to be there for games to start. Right. The other problem you have is that we're in different phases of this thing in different parts of the country. True. So if you look at what's going on, yeah, maybe in Atlanta, I don't know if it's a good idea or not that they opened up, but the fact that they are that they are open means that the Hawks are essentially in a different space than, say, the Sixers. Right. So what does that look like as far as home games, away games? Then the other thing you have to consider is what happens when the NBA player interacts with all the, all of each other, even if they all have been tested, mm-hmm. then go back to their families. Right. Are they going to be required to stay ice quarantined from their families the entire time to avoid the interaction between players and players and then going back to families and then interacting with families and then bringing that back to other players? Right. 
Yeah, yeah. It's it's definitely but, a lot of questions, man. And oh, I think it's so that's complicated. The, yeah, the six degrees of separation of it all. If, if anything else, you realize how close and like uh, terms like uh, damn, the world is small. Really come to mind. I, really... I, I mean, on so many <laughs> levels. I mean, we on city council understand the influence that the sports industry have. I, I actually. Uh, did a video this week with Aaron McKee. Well, not with him because we're all practicing social distancing, but right. it's a video uh, that involves myself and Aaron McKee. That's a public service announcement right. that's encouraging people, you know, not to play team sports and to stay home. Right. So we recognize the influence of sports and basketball, what it means to people uh, both socially and honestly, culturally as well, too. You know, it's a it's a rite of passage for a lot of us young black men here in the city of Philadelphia. And so um, I mean, we have a strong basketball community. And so when you look at somebody like Aaron McKee being a Philadelphia basketball legend, it's only right that we ask somebody like that to try to use his influence, his uh, um, his capital, to say, mm-hmm. to try to encourage people to, to, to take this thing serious and to stay home. Stay home. So right. I, I don't think the NBA even knows what the NBA is going to do. I think they need another month to try to figure out how different states address this. And I think if I'm the NBA, I'm coming up with a number of different plans as to what we do. Maybe a three-tier plan, like best-case scenario, being able to open up, um, mid-scenario that maybe allows you just to do a brief playoff, and then, of course, worst-case scenario that doesn't allow you to open up again this season. Right. Yeah, man, it's, 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 it's a lot. Like you said, it's a lot of moving parts. It's a lot to think about. Uh, the main thing, like you said, is just that, um, at least from what I'm getting in my research, is that is the COVID is definitely at different levels and different atmospheres in the, you know what I mean? And I do want to make light of, because I think a lot of us as black people, we keep saying Atlanta is opening up, but it is the state of Georgia. And I think that it's the, the state, state of Georgia, yeah. I think that the state of Georgia is, is, is. But they, I, I just said Atlanta in the context of, of basketball. Yeah, I feel you. Yeah, the Hawks. But I see people on social media all the time blaming Atlanta directly and it's like hold on man we're just one city in this whole state of Georgia but I think that Georgia um like Philadelphia uh, like Pennsylvania I don't want to confuse the listeners at the point I'm trying to make but it's in that is in that space where it's like we have this huge state um Atlanta is what's known to the people around the country Atlanta is what's known so when you think about Georgia opening up I think a lot of people have a vision of the city of Atlanta in their mind and they're not thinking about uh, Cobb County. They're not thinking about, you know what I mean? Like, it's so many different rural areas of Georgia that may have not, that that may not have been hit as hard, you know, with the COVID and are ready to open back up that are not as metro as in Atlanta. You know what I'm saying? So um, I just want to put, like I keep saying, a scope and perspective for people because uh, a lot of times I think the, the, the first thought is to think of a metro city with a big city hall, and uh, you know what I mean? And every city is not dealing with that. You know what I mean? Right. That's uh, true. Every yeah. city and, and every county is different. And folks are relying on the health experts to be able to give them the best sound advice for their particular areas. And so um, where we are in Philadelphia, you know, we, 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 we're in a different space, which makes it very difficult for the NBA to decide, like, right. when do we open up and what does that look like? So it's a complicated issue. I'm glad that, you know, uh, the sports world is trying to, supplement our need for mm-hmm. activity with other things mm-hmm. and um it gives us an opportunity to have pat you know to do our 444 podcast and to be able to have something to talk about got you um moving moving forward uh implications on next season any implications that you can see this having on next season or just basketball um and sports uh as we know it moving forward i think it will depending on what direction we go in. I think that this will delay the start of next season because my fingers are crossed. I'm hoping that they find a way to have basketball close the season out and have a delay to the start of next season so that players can essentially still have somewhat of an offseason. Right, right. Now, um, uh, some of the things that I have seen going on, I've seen um, a lot of NBA players TikToks. I've seen a lot of them getting their dance moves on, but a lot of the other things that I've seen um, that I thought was pretty cool um, was the NBA 2K tournament between NBA players. Um, I think uh, uh, ESPN actually played games um, uh, or or simulated matchups uh, through 2K and other sports video games. Um, so I just wanted to... Um, uh, bring attention to just the simple fact that, uh, or or just uh, uh, 
to lighten the mood a little bit of one of the things that COVID is showing me about how, how the people who, um, like I've been alluding to before, who we often put on the pedestal as our superheroes, our super athletes, um, how they're just like us. How everybody is confined to the house now, and you see the things that your favorite celebrities, uh, sports figures, uh, even political figures, you realize how their lives are not that much different outside of their jobs from yours. Like everybody has a job to do out, out here, but after you get out of that job, people pretty much live um, similar lives out here, man. And I think that the realization of that, just to being able to see a Trey Young play against uh, whoever he was playing against, seeing Kevin Durant play the video game on the Zoom. Uh, trash talking. Uh, one of my uh, what has become one of my favorite shows, and shout out to them, uh, the All the Smoke podcast with Steve with Stephen Jackson and Matt Barnes. They've been having a, n a number of guests uh, uh, via Zoom. So um, just seeing them, seeing them in their element, in their homes, hearing them when they can't be put in front of these cameras uh, in these grandiose uh, spaces, uh, they're just kicking back at home, enjoying time with family, like a lot of us are doing. So I just want a lot of people to take note of that. You know what I'm saying? I know in, in, in the rat race every day that we that we uh, partake in the strive to be who we be and whatever uh, industries that it is that we operate in, um, a lot of that gets lost, man. So um, I don't know how much of that you saw over these last couple of weeks, but I saw a lot of that, and I, I, it, it's it's good to see. For me, it's definitely good to see those guys uh, just just being regular. You know what I mean? Having time to themselves. I think you make a great point, Tone. I I couldn't agree with you more. It's something that we're trying to do on a council level. I'm glad to see NBA players doing it. It's great for people like my son. It's great for me uh, to see that folks are trying. I mean, I personally didn't get an opportunity to watch the games, but again, right. my son plays 2K. It's mm -hmm. a great activity for him to do. It's great for him to see that, you know, like you said, these people that he look up to, they're just like him. They, they, they bleed like he do. They tie his shoes, you know, one shoe at a time, just like he do. And things like that are always great for um, – you know, the fans of basketball and fans in general to be able to see uh, from the lens of people they look up to. So I, I, I'm 100% in agreement with you, Tony. It was great. Right. Um, <laughs> so it wouldn't it wouldn't be the 444 podcast, and I promise I'm going to make this real brief, but there has been some Ben Simmons, Brett Brown quotables that come out. I don't know if you have seen them, but I know one was, uh, was by Brett Brown. Um, and I'm going to paraphrase here. I don't have the direct quote in front of me, but it was he was saying to the tune of um, he's had uh, personal conversations with Ben about specifically his jump shot, him shooting, uh, uh, pretty much almost looking like Brett Brown is almost at a loss or his, he's back against the wall. He's at a point where he's asking Ben Simmons, what is it that I should do? Like almost alluding to telling bench uh, to telling Ben, you know that I can bench you. Right. Um, and then I also saw another quote where uh um and, and again paraphrasing ben uh speaking to the fact of um almost like it almost he almost needs to be uh what is the word that i'm looking for corp corporally pushed and for those of y'all who don't know what corporal corporal punishment i think of is like uh uh back in the day like uh punishments like uh making making a uh making a kid hold a textbook for like 10 minutes stuff like like it's like ben almost needs uh, the most extreme of circumstances for him to be like, oh, okay, cool. This is what you want me to work on. Um, for me, my opinion on it is the same. It's things that I've I've almost seen. I think it's been as a generational person. I think that his whole generation is like that. Like they almost have to be pushed. It almost has to be dire constraints. Like I would love to see what this new generation is doing in this COVID virus. Like I bet they're making like some of the craziest contraptions that we're going to be using. And like, I, like this is probably the time that they needed to finally say, oh, okay, stuff is serious now. Let us show you what we can do. Um, and on the other hand, I'm looking at Brett Brown and I'm like, I've been seeing this. Like this was my, this was my problem was Brett Brown's hold or handle on the team. Um, so basically in a nutshell, me just summarizing those two quotes that I saw in the last couple of weeks is that it's just basically just making to, or, or, Putting in perspective what I've been saying is it's confirming my not worst fears, but basically my words and what I've been saying on the 444 podcast since the beginning of this season. And it's just that there is a respect, um, it's a respect factor there. It's a, it's a respect issue more than anything right now. It's a respect on a lot of ends. I think it's a respect uh, coach and player. And I think a lot of this is, is a is a is a self-respect thing for Ben. I don't know how much Ben 
Or I don't know where Ben gauges himself as a basketball player or as a professional uh, 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 for that matter. And him just still being young. So just your quick thoughts on it. I, 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 I vowed that I was going to beat this dead horse, but this is the 444 podcast and I kind of can't. So <laughs> I, I'm not mad at you. I think um, I think it's, I mean, under the circumstances, you kind of understand why it's coming out the way it is. But exactly. It's somewhat disturbing. Um, right. I, th- I do think that it's something with the mental of Ben Simmons where he just won't shoot a jump shot. Like, Absolutely. I don't get it. Um, I'm not quite sure what needs to be done. I comprehend Brett Brown's frustrations. I don't know if I would have communicated the same way, but I don't, you know, my job isn't on the line. Right. You know, Brett, Brett's job is on the line. Right. right. And and the, and the pause in the season is like, you know, the delaying of the day of the big test because he knew his job was on the line. So now it's like, okay, you're supposed to take, you know, the test to graduate in May and now it's pushed back. So maybe Brett's getting a little antsy. I'm not sure. Right. But he, he knows that he needs a healthy Ben Simmons. He needs an offensively aggressive Ben Simmons if the team is going to maximize their potential this season. And, um, you know, I think he's trying to show some backbone, too. Look, Brett Brown's sitting at home like the rest of us, yeah. which means some of them tweets and sports talk and all that stuff, maybe it, it, you know, I don't know, but maybe he's getting to him a little bit more than it would normally get to him if he was right. a little busier. No, yeah, exactly. You took the words right out of my mouth. I was about to say it's, it's a time for it. A lot of self-reflection when it's nothing. It's nothing to get lost in. There's no work to yeah. be busied with. Right. A lot of self-reflection, uh, whether whether purposely or not, is going to come into play. And Absolutely. I think a lot of that is definitely that's happening on bo- uh, in, in, in both of in both worlds. Uh, ben, ben and uh, Ben and um, Brett right now. So um, I'm at this at this juncture in the road. Um, I'm not going to lie. I'm hoping that we get some kind of basketball back. Um, last season, I was kind of fed up with basketball and the way it was looking. This season, I was, I was, I was. Basketball was good. It was okay for me. Basketball was, it was trending upwards. I would say, it was the Sixers that was really getting on my nerves because we could, we we weren't in the part of the trending upward. Um, but as a fan sitting here during the pandemic, during the lockdown, during the quarantine, um, I, I definitely would love, love Zeke. To have some kind of basketball salvaged if we can get that. And that's just a fan me speaking. Um, I would love some kind of basketball to be salvaged for the end of the season if we can get some kind of um feasible end of regular season into some kind of uh playoffs, into some kind of a crowning a champion. Uh, I, I would I would absolutely be here for that. Um I'm optimistic in the sense of like hope. Right. But from the perspective of science, yeah, I didn't want to get I'm into science. Optimistic. I didn't even want to get in right, and that's why I didn't even want to get into science because it is science to tell you that we in for the long haul, baby. Yep, we in for the long haul, and I'm not mad at that because I want things to be done right. I want things to be done at a pace that they have to be done once. <laughs> you know what I, I mean? Did. Like I don't want people to die. Yeah, me either. Me either, man. Um, so uh, moving right along, um. We'll get into the NFL. The NFL held their draft last night. Um, I didn't watch. I was actually on a Zoom with a couple of my homies. They were watching. Um, I was just there just because Zoom has been the highlight of my life these last couple of days. Non-work Zooms, I may add. Love work. Love that uh, employment is still an option for me. Hate Zooms. Hate Zooms. Hate work conferences. Hate them. Hate them. Um, yeah, but uh, leisurely Zooms, like with my friends and things of that nature... Oh, so much you can do, man. You can watch TV together. You can do a bunch of stuff on a uh, bunch of things on there. Uh, so I was actually on a Zoom last night. Um, and one of the things, the only thing that I want to talk about, two things. One we can get into first is the uh, uh, the Eagles drafted a wide receiver out of the TCU, uh, which was to the chagrin of most. I'm going to get his name here in a minute. I know it's Jalen. I don't want to get his last name uh, uh, wrong. Um, but he's a wide receiver out of TCU. Uh, this was said to be a wide receiver's uh, draft. There were a couple names, big names, big game names, have been on ESPN for the show and showed you what they can do still up there. I know you don't watch football as much, Zeke, but do you think the Eagles picked them? Of course not. <laughs> and that's pretty much the uh, – the, um, uh, the issue with the Eagles is that they picked this uh, 
unknown, this uh, known unknown, whatever it may be. Uh, but um, uh, what was his name? Uh, Jalen. Jalen Rager is his name, wide receiver, 5'11 out of TCU. They picked him. Uh, so that's just uh, my uh, – I'm just filling my quota for it. It's the 444 podcast. I got to give you these Eagles talks. And this, I think we're only in uh, – as of right now, um, I haven't turned it on today. So only round one has went by. That's who we picked. Uh, another thing that I am looking forward to is uh, is the um, – ooh, and I think that they happened. Yeah, uh, this just in um, – DeAndre Swift of Philadelphia went to the University of Georgia. He was drafted by the Tampa Bay Bucks, And a lot of people said that if you haven't been paying attention, Tom Brady was traded to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Rob Gunkrowski has come out of retirement, and he has signed with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So the Tampa Bay is trying to make a 2020-2021 push for a ring. Mm-hmm. Uh, but big ups to DeAndre Swift, Philadelphia product. I'm glad to see him uh, get drafted and see his dreams realized there. And the only other thing that I want to talk about in regards um, to the NFL draft is the terrible, 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 terrible lack of social distancing that was going on last night. It was it was almost annoying to a point. It was almost annoying to a point. And I'm pretty sure you haven't watched, but I'm talking about yeah. draft parties. It looked like it would look like they were packing thirty to fifty people in these houses, man. And I understand that it's the realization of uh, uh, of of a lifelong goal, I understand that it's a once in a lifetime type thing. But man, man, when you just think about this on the simplest level of what we could do here to prevent or what's happening, and and you see what you saw last night, it's like, come on, man, come on. I hope, we, I hope nobody gets sued. I hope nobody. I hope nobody. Hope nobody gets sued. But it's 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 just. It was crazy, man. It was it was it was definitely crazy. I'm talking about And you know a lot of these people, a lot of these players, this is their like this is the this is the the stamp of we're getting that money. So you can imagine some of these houses that they're in and packing. You know what I'm right. saying? So I just wanted to, you know what I mean? Um I thought it would be comic comic relief to talk about it, but as I'm thinking about it, I'm getting annoyed all over again of just seeing how those people were in those houses. But that's the only thing I wanted to bring up about the NFL draft. Uh, rounds uh, rounds two to seven will be aired um, today and tomorrow, ESPN. Uh, so if you are a football fan, um, it is a virtual draft. They are uh, uh, on a high level practicing social distancing. They are not in New York. They're not in Radio City Music Hall. Uh, Roger Goodell is from the, um, the comfort of his living room um, um, giving you these names. So... Uh, for those of you who are football fans, go ahead and tune into that um, today and tomorrow. That will be uh, uh, in its conclusion. And then uh, the moment that you have all been waiting for. Wait a minute. Let me make sure I got through everything on my phone. I think that is. I mean, it's very light. It's not much going on. We really just wanted to touch you guys, talk, uh, uh, touch the people, um, uh, see where you guys, how you guys are holding up. Uh, just um, background. I'm fine. I'm chilling. Um, I'm in here with my youngest. Uh and my girlfriend, um, my oldest, is quarantining with his mom. I've been over there a couple of times to give him some essentials, like his basketball, so that he can stay up with his dribbling drills and stuff like that. Um, heavy YouTube over here, heavy Netflix, uh, watching a bunch of series. Um, I've watched a lot. I've, I've uh, a lot of things that I weren't wasn't able to watch while it was going on. Um, Zeke, you know, just in our in our adult years after college, we've been doing a lot. Just. Um, grassroots and whatever we've done so I, I haven't noticed a lot of the things that have gone on um in the last decade sports wise that i had that i really didn't get a, a chance to put my eyes on i didn't notice how much i didn't watch the olympic team the redeem team i got a chance to watch a couple of those games in their entirety and Melo was the best player on that team coming off the bench and then just to see the narrative of Melo these recent years in the nba that he can't come off the bench he wasn't willing to come off the bench it was kind of crazy to me like he like was like the the most prolific Olympic scorer coming off the bench, like so. Um, but yeah, that's just some of the things that I've been doing over the quarantine, trying to stay busy, uh, just doing my thing, man. Um, yeah, just 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 doing my thing. But uh, uh, that's what I've been. That's where I've been at with it. So like I said, without further ado, the thing that we are uh, are here to talk about most, and that's the last dance. Um, Hopefully, you guys, I'm going to go out here and say, even though I shouldn't now, we're coming up. They're airing um, 
episodes three and four in two days. So I'm going to, I'm going to say it just because I'm media, but spoiler alert, spoiler alert for anybody who hasn't seen it yet, which really shouldn't be a spoiler alert because Michael Jordan has been a superhero to us since, um, since, since. But uh, parts one and two, were you able to watch Zeke? Of course. Yeah, man. Uh, so yeah, uh, I don't even know where to start. It's it's a lot to unpack. It looks like it's going to be a lot in the future to unpack. Uh, first and foremost, I'll just start with just I like, I like this. I love this. I love this premise. Um, even though we've seen a bunch of Chicago Bulls stuff, even though a lot of this footage that we're actually watching is footage that we've seen. Um, I like this. In this new media age, I think that there were a lot of forward-thinking people. Uh, one, one I've, I've alluded to this and talked to the, about this on the Late Bloomers podcast with my guys Wyo and Ease. But back in 93, when the Wu-Tang Clan first got started, somebody had the wherewithal to have a, a camera to go around and follow them the whole time. We didn't know that till now because now they finally know what to do with all that footage. But I think whoever had the wherewithal to film in, in its entirety uh, the, the last season of that Bulls run, thank you. Uh, thank you. Because it is a lot, it is, it's a perspective that we, we haven't seen. I will say that. We've seen all of this footage, but it's always been from a media footage. It's always been from, a, I mean, a media standpoint. It's always been from a, uh, probably trying to sell the story retail on a video, DVD, somehow. We've never seen it from the inside looking in. Um, and just off the bat, just, uh, I like, I like the way it's shot. I like the form in which it's shot. I like, I like that it starts the last game of, uh, uh, of the, of, of the run. And it kind of works its way backwards to the beginning and, uh, the origins and it works in everybody's story. I, I love, I love stories that kind of do that, that kind of start current and then go back and fill in the story. And then at some point. We're going to catch up real time, and then it's going to push forward. I love that about it off, off the rip, Z. Yeah, I think um, – I mean, I think you're absolutely right. Whoever idea it was to, to film this and to decide that this is something and a moment that should be captured, you know, uh, kudos to them. Right. I think um, the timing is, is absolutely great. I'm not sure what made Michael Jordan want to release it now or not. It's a lot of rumors around that. Mm, but, I was about to say. <laughs> I'm but, listening though. You know, I, I don't really think that matters. I think for us in our era, we understood the impact that Jordan had, you know, not just on the game of basketball, but the on the economy, on the culture of basketball. You know, he transcended the relationship between the media the, the market and the value of what it means to be a basketball player and actually playing basketball in a way that we probably have never seen before. LeBron is definitely chasing that. Um, I think the way LeBron empowers other players is, is another amazing thing. But uh, again, the, 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 the narrative that it gives us so that people who weren't there can see the impact. And then also the anecdotes that's involved directly from the players so that we can know some of the behind the scenes stuff that was going on right. is, in, is, is invaluable. Right. Right. So, um, off the bat, you already know episode one, uh, it pretty much, um, shows you the humble beginnings, uh, of one Michael Jeffrey Jordan, um, grew up in, uh, uh, I, I, and I don't want to, I think, I, yeah, no, he grew up in North Carolina because uh, Laney High School was in, um, was in Wilmington, North Carolina. Um, just grew up, very humble family, uh, older brothers, um, not an only sibling, a very hardworking family and competition was something that was, that was not lacking in his household uh, from his mom. His, and that's, that come from his mom's mouth, from his dad's mouth. Um, it was just dope, man. It's, it's just, it's just a dope documentary so far. Um, I, I am a heavy Michael Jordan critic. I have researched on my own Michael Jordan uh, ad nauseum. Um, so for them to to uh, um, to start it off this way, because I don't know if you know or not, but this is like this is not about to be the uh, the PC. They're not about to put Michael Jordan in a PC light. You know what I'm saying? I think that that's the main thing is that because he is who he is and he's done what he's done for this game. Uh, one of the knocks that we see on Jordan is just that we only see the good. We only see 
um, uh, the PC, for those of you who don't know what that means, but the politically correct, polished presentation of Michael Jordan. And uh, in 2020, that's a, a lot of people are tired of that. You know what I mean? We know, and it's not be, it's not to say that people don't like Michael Jordan, but it's like in a, in a day and age where we are in the thick of reality TV, we are in the thick of uh, just a lot of different things. We're privy to being a lot of spaces that we weren't before. Um, a lot of people look at a lot of their idols who have been on that pedestal and they just, it makes them think, well, what's such and such a story? What's this person's story? And in this last dance, we get to delve into uh, a little bit of what Michael Jordan's story is, man. And just crazy competitor, crazy, crazy competitor. Um, it's, it's, it's not starting out slow, but it's starting out how it should. Um, I think yeah, I mean, I, it's, it got to give the context of who Jordan is. I think, exactly. And I think it's important because people who know the LeBron story knows that LeBron, you know, at a young age, you know, he's 18 years old. He, he's in the NBA. He's having a great season as a freshman. You know, Michael Jordan had a, one of the greatest freshman seasons that we've seen in recent history, too. Right. You know, it wasn't Carmelo's freshman year, but right. it was, you know, it was up there. So just so people can understand the context of, like, yo, this dude may not have been in the NBA at the same age, but he was already doing great stuff. But people were saying he was one of the greatest players in the world. Right. Yeah, so... It's, it's 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 definitely getting started. I think uh, the main thing uh, so far that 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 stood out in uh, episodes one and two um, is one their relationship with management is the, the actual players' relationship with management or not yeah. even management, just one Jerry Krause. Jerry Krause is a very integral figure in this whole Bills. Uh, I mean Bills and this whole Bulls um, dynasty. Um, and 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 I, I like that because a lot of times. Um, the attention uh, of it is put on the players. A lot of times, the attention of it is put on Mike and Scotty. A lot of times, Mike, even Scotty, you just see the different levels of this, uh, the different levels and the different layers that went into this dynasty. And I think it's, it's not, I think they're all going to be unpacked. You know what I mean? Uh, right. Sports debates after sports debates. If you want to argue teams, I know that this 73 and 9 uh, uh, Golden State Warriors team has reared its head in that conversation. I know a couple of Celtics teams are there. Um, but a lot of times those conversations are about the team. They're about the players, the accomplishments on the court, what those what those players were doing. Um, we find we find fast uh, life uh, that Mike was having when he was a rookie. He wasn't always the top dog in Chicago. He wasn't always the gambler, uh, party guy that we have come to know uh, that we saw in the 1992 uh, Olympic documentary. It didn't come out in 92, but the documentary about that like, 1992 Olympic team where Mike was painted as, they said he barely slept. He was out partying everything all night, whereas you meet a Michael Jordan in his first year of the league where he's like, oh, no, I'm, I'm not about that. He was he was showing more of a mama mentality. You know what I mean, Zeke? Right. Um, right. And not that he didn't in his later years, but almost religious to it, to whereas I'm not even going to be around these guys and, and this stuff. I'm, I'm, I'm doing laundry. I'm in the, I'm, I'm, I'm staying focused on my routine. Um, uh, so I like, like I keep saying, I like the layers of it that it's going to show. I like that... Uh, it's getting into Jerry Krause and the moves that he makes. I like the fact that you get to see why players act some of the ways that they act on the court. It's not always about just basketball. So a lot of that is is, is going to come to fruition and 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 um come to the surface uh, and watching this documentary. And I think that the number one thing that everybody has been talking about uh uh from part one and two is, is Scottie Pippen's contract. To actually see it, to say it out of your mouth. Uh, to read it, it's just, it's disgusting. Um, it's disgusting. But you, you look at you you look at the things surrounding it. You look at the uh, the factors that go into it. It wasn't his first contract. I was on uh when I had first when I had first watched the documentary. I, I I was so beside myself in the numbers that I had erroneously put that that was his rookie contract, and they signed him all the way until they won championships. That is not correct. He was a rookie in '87. And he signed that contract in 91. Um, uh, but those are just some of the things that stood out to me. Some of the big, the main conversations going on, I know, uh, in circles about this last dance, uh, the last couple of days. Zeke, your thoughts on it? I mean, I think you raised a good point with the Scottie Pippen thing. I think, um, I think one thing that's kind of crazy is people blaming Michael Jordan for that, which is uh, kind of wild to me. Right. But I do think, I, I, I mean, I think it's kind of crazy that, 
he was making so little. Um, the fact that they highlighted that, I think, deserved to be highlighted because it was at the core of some of the problems that existed, specifically from Scottie P- uh, Pippen's lens. Right. But I also think it would have been a good idea if they would have talked about some of the money he was getting in endorsements, right? Yes. Because what we do know at that time was Scottie Pippen was one of the more popular players in the league, right? Absolutely. This is the second three-peat. This is towards the end. So he's probably had a number of pair of sneakers that have already come out by this point. And his sneakers was flames when they was coming out. Like, he wasn't producing corny sneakers. People was wearing Scottie Pippen's. Right. Um, so I, I just, you know, I think that it, it, I think I would have liked to have seen that part of this story because it creates this, uh, I guess you could say this narrative that Michael Jordan should have been doing more for him. Right. But like, we know the reality is, it's like, come on, you can't expect another. That's like, that's like your coworker that make more than you. And you saying your coworker should be giving you money. That's not realistic. Yeah. So, and then if, if, if you have a guy that is making uh, $18 million over seven years, like the smartest thing to do is not to blame the guy that's making $25 million over eight years. Sure. <laughs> I mean, you feel me, Zeke? Like, that's just not, that's just not smart in my book. You know what I mean? But um, the thing about it was that um, Mike, um, Mike signed, Mike signed, for the eight years, $25 million, and then retired. So when Mike came back, the landscape of things changed, and he he made $60 million over those last two years. You know what I'm saying? So I think Mike, Mike doesn't get his money until he retires and comes back. When he's in that first run, he's he's just making – he's pretty much – he got one more year, and he pretty much got the same contract Scotty got. Like eight years and twenty five million is pretty much seven years and it's, it's an extra year, extra money. It's that's that's still not what your worth is. Right. You did what I'm saying. So right. I don't think that people should blame Michael Jordan for Scottie Pippen. You know what I mean? Scottie Pippen was actually told at the time of signing that he shouldn't sign that. But coming from where he comes from, and when you see eighteen million, like he said, he has a whole family that he has to take care of. And he's just thinking, I need to secure this bag and I need to secure it now so that if I was to get injured or anything like that was to happen, this money is still guaranteed. Right. Now, he didn't know that that basketball was going to boom and that those first TV contracts was about to come in, was about to come through like the woo. He didn't know that. Nobody knew that. You know what I'm saying? It's almost like now with the TNT money that's in and 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 the, I'll give you a flip side of the coin of it when people were mad that Mike Conley Jr. was making as much as he was making. You know what I'm saying? You don't get paid what you're worth. You get paid what you're negotiating. And if you look at the way Bron staggered out how he signed his contracts, he right. positioned himself to be able to take it take advantage every time those you know um, negotiations would essentially open up and change the threshold on what player max contracts would look like. Right, right. So just early on, those were the uh, uh, just a couple of things. Um, uh, it's Friday the twenty fourth today, I believe it is. Um, yep. Yeah, it's Friday the twenty fourth. So uh, they're going to be playing um, episodes three and four on ESPN for the uncensored version, ESPN two for the censored version. If you're watching with the kids on Sunday uh, at nine, parts three and four is coming up. Um, other than that, I don't I don't really have much Zeke. Um, it's, it's slow. We don't have any sports. I'm glad that we were able to muster out uh, 50 minutes of conversation, man. I really miss talking to you. I really miss talking sports. This was definitely a breath a breath of fresh air with everything going on, man. Um, any final thoughts you have? No, that's it. I mean, I, I'm I, I'm looking forward to coming back after the next episode of um, of the Last Dance. Um, I think it's absolutely great. I'm salivating at the mouth because I remember this time growing up as a kid and watching this moment and, and they catch all this behind the scenes stuff. And yeah. It's just great. I'm just loving it. I can't wait until Sunday. One thing I will say, last, uh, uh, I realized just looking at all the clips and stuff, the first, I didn't, I, the first, the very first series or probably series of Michael Jordan's game, Michael Jordan games I've watched in their entirety was probably that 93 Phoenix series. And I remember it, uh, not vaguely, I remember it vividly 
because uh, my dad was barbecuing. And my dad, you you know Big Tone, heavy yeah. Philly sports guy, uh, heavy, heavy, big, big Charles Barkley fan. And and we just weren't, we weren't doing right by Charles. So no. nobody was really, we were mad at the Sixers, not really at Charles Barkley for leaving. So the majority of the people who were Sixers fans were Suns fans in 1993. And we're definitely rooting for Charles Barkley. And I just remember just the heartbreak my dad went through. And going back uh, going back in 93, I was heartbroken too. But I wasn't invested in Charles Barkley and the Suns like that. So watching it as a, uh, just seeing the clips as a um, uh, as an adult and seeing how that series fits into Michael Jordan's legacy is definitely, I can appreciate that as an adult. You know what I mean? Beating Great. his best friend, beating somebody who was, yeah. who went nuts that year. Like Barkley went ballistic that year. He was in right. league MVP. Mm-hmm. Barkley was really, was really bull. He was that bull that year. Like it wasn't like you know what I mean. Like so to see and to think about the people that Michael Jordan was just, just slaying to get his chips. It's like damn. It's like damn. So I'm definitely gonna be tuned in in three and four. I'm definitely gonna have eyes peeled to any more sports news or anything that's going on. I'm staying safe, social distancing, um, just 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 practicing. Uh. Practicing and straight in a lot of things right now. Uh, just trying to keep my mental straight, man. So we appreciate y'all over here at the 444. Um, Zeke, thank you for tuning in and your busy schedule. We definitely appreciate everything you are doing as our councilman, Philadelphia. Yeah, I'm trying, man. Thank you for having me. You know, I love this stuff. I miss it like you do. And, um, yeah, we just, we just, we got we to gotta get through this together. Yeah, we definitely will, man. We're going to have some more episodes. I'm going to figure out some more people to talk to, some more things to talk about. Uh, don't hesitate to one catch up on the old four four fours. Catch up. Uh, we got twenty episodes out there now. Definitely uh, episode twenty. We reached a milestone. Every whole number. So shout out to us for that, Zeke. Absolutely. Um, and then also, um, what was I going to say? Yeah. Email us anything that you, if you have any suggestions. I know we all sitting in the house right now. Anything that we could be talking about. Uh, I also have um, call-in capabilities now. Me and Zeke are doing this remotely. So if you would like to be a guest on four four four. Don't hesitate to hit up our outlets. You know what I mean? Um, but that's pretty much it, man. It's Uptown Tone. Uh, Isaiah Thomas from Philly. We signing off, and we'll holler at you next time, y'all. Peace. Peace.